0: This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. We are brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. They're a proud sponsor of this show. Going to talk a lot of BYU basketball and football today, as you would expect. BYU basketball falling against Kansas, number four Kansas in Maui last night. We'll break that down for you as well as preview tonight's third, pl- third place showdown against the Virginia Tech Hokies. We'll also talk about BYU football with BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick on today's show, as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A big national honor for Ed Stone, BYU men's cross country coach. We'll have all of that covered for you on today's show. We're also brought to you today by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, as well as Roman. Like I mentioned right there in the open, Desert First Credit Union is our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars, and we are proud to have them as the title sponsor of this podcast. They share a faith-based bond with all of their members, but they also like to celebrate the unique goals and passions of their individual members. They're asking everybody right now, what is your why? Have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and help fund that passion project? If not, I would encourage you guys to do so. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything, and with rates still low, currently in the threes, guys, still, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinance from Deseret First, you can get locked into that low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to, listen here, hundreds of dollars a month, guys. Yes, I said hundreds of dollars a month. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether it's your first home, fifth home, or investment property, they're here to help. Call them, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required oac terms and conditions apply equal housing lender all right with all that out of the way the rundown out of the way let's get to it this is locked on Cougars for November 27th 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this daily podcast, your daily podcast, all focused on BYU sports. We're here for you each and every day, catching up on everything with BYU sports, opinion, insight, ins- insider information that you can't find anywhere else. I want to thank you guys once again for joining us here. A programming note for you right off the top of the show is that tomorrow we're going to take the day off. It is Thanksgiving. want I encourage you guys to spend time with your family and friends hopefully eat a lot of good food watch a lot of football and just have a lot of fun period hopefully play some football as well if you have a turkey bowl etc going on enjoy the day we'll be back on Friday with a preview of the San Diego State football game but we'll be t- t- taking the day off there's a small chance it may do a postcast edition of Locked on Cougars tonight after BYU's basketball game against Virginia Tech their final game in the Maui Invitational so maybe that'll count as a Thursday podcast if you're driving to or from a family member's house for Turkey Day. Let's start off on the hardwoods. BYU Falls last night, 7156 to number four Kansas. And this is kind of what I expected from BYU in this game, sad to say. Uh, they just couldn't keep the hot shooting that they carried from Monday's game into the second game. But I give credit to BYU for battling because they went through an eight minute scoreless drought in the middle of the first quarter. Actually, towards the end of not the first quarter, the first half, towards the end of the first half there. And somehow, someway, we're only down by two going into the halftime break and that's partly on Kansas because Kansas had a lengthy scoring drought of their own didn't score any points for a significant period of time in this game but it was a credit to BYU for continuing to battle it was a 29-27 ball game going into the locker room BYU shot 38.5% from the field uh, Jayhawks 41.4% in the first half and then just in the second half I felt like BYU just came up empty too many times unable to hit big shots uh, the three point shot that was falling on Monday night with those soft rims there at the Lahaina Civic Center on the island of Maui We're not as kind to BYU yesterday they just weren't shooting at the same clip and you look at a team like Kansas we talked about it on yesterday's podcast they have all of the size to absolutely dominate BYU and that's exactly what they did uh, Kansas uh, scored 71 points overall in the night shot 47.5% from the field only 22.2% from 3 point range so if Kansas was hitting at a higher clip from 3 this would have been a lot worse of a game for BYU but thankfully Kansas was not hitting at a high clip BYU for the game in their own right shot 40.7% from the field 27.3% TJ Hawes uh, has busted out of his early season slump that he was in the last two games have been actually very good for him he led BYU with a team high 16 points in the loss, added five assists. Kobe Lee, who I ruffled some feathers with my comparisons or the comparisons of the coaching staff for him to Model his game after Nikola Jokic was BYU's second leading scorer with 13 points on the night. He added three rebounds and one assist. The rebounding numbers not great for Kobe Lee, but with the size advantage that Kansas enjoyed in this game, it was not all that surprising that they dominated on the glass. And overall, it didn't wasn't that dominant of a of a number. It was 35 to 32 in the rebounding margin in favor of Kansas, but. Uh, it's expected that Colby Lee was absolutely getting it boxed out all night long. And the biggest thing BYU needed to do in that game to win it was to shoot at a high clip, and they just weren't able to carry over that 60% shooting clip that they had Monday night in their win. But the good news is for BYU, you get another high-level opponent in tonight's game as BYU faces off against Virginia Tech in the third-place game of the Maui Invitational, the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. And this is a big opportunity tonight for BYU to put another quality win on their resume if they're able to take down the Hokies. Hokies aren't nationally ranked like uh, Kansas is, but Buzz Williams, the former Marquette coach recently of Virginia Tech, just moved to Texas A&M to be their head coach this past offseason, has really gotten Virginia Tech back on track in terms of basketball, and he leaves behind a pretty good roster uh, in terms of what Virginia Tech has playing for them. They're led by their six foot seven swingman guard, Landers the II. He averages almost 20 points a game so far this year the Hokies 6-1 on the season they have a big win, They their first game in the Maui Invitational, they upset number 3 Michigan State, so they notched themselves, an absolutely big victory in that opener and they lost to Dayton in blowout fashion yesterday, it was almost a kind of a hangover effect after that big upset over Michigan State, for them to fall fall off, and BYU has an opportunity here I think tonight, if they can bottle up guys like Landers Nulli, the second. easier said than done, like I said Six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds. He's got the size and the speed combo, and just the length combo that I think could give BYU fits on the perimeter. I'm expecting a guys. I'm expecting guys like Connor Harding, etc. Uh, Zach Selius and the like, to have to bottle him up if at all possible. And like I said, it's easier said than done. There's only one other player so far in the season averaging double digits for, in terms of points for the Hokies. And that's Naheem Alain. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. He's averaging just a shade under 12 points a game. And then P.J. Horn, uh, one of their forwards, averaging a shade under 10 points on the season. Uh, Landers Nolly second, lest you think he only scores. He actually averages almost five rebounds a game, 2.4 assists and 1.4 steals, so he's a pretty well-rounded player, and I really like watching him. I watched a little bit of this Virginia Tech game yesterday, and he's a talented, talented player, and Virginia Tech doesn't have the same overall size disparity against BYU entering this game. They actually only have two players listed over 6'8", on their roster, but Virginia Tech under Buzz Williams. They very much were a finesse, uh, spread you out type of team. And that could lend itself to BYU having an opportunity to have another good shooting night tonight. But it also creates problems for BYU on the perimeter in terms of defending guys one-on-one. Because that's kind of been BYU's bugaboo over recent years is when they get a high-level athletes going one-on-one and spreading the floor out on BYU. Well, the Cougars, honestly, they struggle staying in front of guys. They've done a decent job so far this year. I'll give credit to Mark Pope and his staff. They've done a good job getting BYU's players in position to succeed in one-on-one defensive battles. You can think back to that win over Houston. BYU, well, I, the Houston Cougars were hell-bent on bringing it to BYU and using their superior athleticism to win that game. And I'll give credit to the, to the BYU Cougars for holding their own in that game and obviously winning on a buzzer beater from TJ Haas. I think tonight's a, the type of game that BYU will have to do the same type type of thing. They'll have to overcome the athleticism disparity they have in this game because Virginia Tech has recruited very well under Buzz Williams and he leaves a pretty talented squad uh, behind as he moves on to Texas A&M. But BYU will have their work cut out for them. If they win this game, you can say that the Maui Invitational was, overall was a massive success for the Cougars because you won two games without Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter in your lineup and then you're on and you're five and three at this point in the season you've got one game remaining before Yoli Childs comes off his NCAA suspension I would call that a win for BYU. Even if they were to lose this game in close fashion tonight, I don't think necessarily think it's a death knell for BYU because this is some high-level competition. UCLA is going to be a good team, I feel like, this year. Kansas, obviously, number four team in the country. That's tough to overcome. And Virginia Tech, they have been ranked in recent seasons under Buzz Williams. Not ranked so far this year, but off to a 6-1 start with a win over Michigan State. They're absolutely another team that BYU is going to have their work cut out for them. And I'm looking forward to seeing what BYU does tonight and we'll see if they're able to overcome all of the things working against them in this game. But I feel like Virginia Tech, just my perception, looking at the rosters, how things match up, I think this might be one of BYU's more favorable matchups in terms of teams they could have faced in the Maui Invitational. And we'll see if they're able to go out and pick up a win and finishes in third place there at the Maui Gym at Maui Invitational. Alright, we'll skip, uh, we'll switch gears, not skip gears. We're going to switch gears and talk BYU football here in just a second with BYU passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick. Had a great conversation with him after practice yesterday talking a lot about BYU quarterbacks. Before we do that though, a reminder for you guys with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com dot com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping if you can't visit roman right now you're driving etc you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on com slash offers All right, guys, had a great opportunity to catch up with Aaron Roderick, BYU's passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach yesterday after BYU football practice. I'm actually kind of sad because that's the final regular season availability for BYU this football season. They'll have some availability in the lead up to the Hawaii Bowl, but I'm going to miss my kind of my weekly conversations with coaches, etc. I'm hoping to uh, have more of those as they get ready for the bowl game. But talking with Aaron Roderick yesterday, he was very quick to praise Zach Wilson for his play against UMass what he did in that first half a very efficient first half you'll hear him talk about that in his first answer here and you'll also get an update on how the other quarterbacks speaking of Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall are coming along as well so with that let's get to it here's Aaron Roderick with myself Jay Catch, on Locked On Cougars. I wanted to start off asking what you made of Zach Wilson in that first half against UMass.
1: Uh, he played well and very efficient that's probably the best he's played. It is the best he's played, other than the bowl game last year. Um, you know, hard to beat. He was 17 out of 20, and I think it was whatever it was, right, right around 300 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. So, um, really, only made one mistake in that game. And and uh, you know, honestly, it wasn't the best defense we played against this year. But what I was proud of is that we played a clean game with no penalties and. Uh, uh, no turnovers, and we went in there and did what we were supposed to do. And that's the main thing, because sometimes you don't do what you're supposed to do, and then everyone's frustrated, and I thought we, we went out and took care of business.
0: We saw him have a few issues against Idaho State, but it seems like it's been a ramping up process for him building up to this week. Has that kind of been the goal with you guys as well?
1: Yeah, you know, the Idaho State game, uh, he actually played well. We just had so many issues as a team in that game. We just we got really out of whack with those move calls that they were making that you know the defense was doing some stuff that messed up our our cadence and uh, we it took us it took us a good quarter and a half to get that sorted out and it really just threw off our rhythm on offense. Um, Zach didn't really make any mistakes in that game that were, you know, critical errors or anything like that. He just, and then he hadn't played in seven weeks either. So, I mean, seven weeks is a while. And uh, and he wasn't a, you know, he was, he was, I guess he was cleared to play, but I would say his, the strength in his hand and his arm wasn't quite all the way there yet either. And so um, I was actually pleased with how he played in that game. It wasn't
0: perfect, but I thought he did a good job. Was that as clean or, I guess, as impressive an offensive performance for one half? as you've seen from this team this year against UMass?
1: Yeah, it was probably the best we played this year and again, not the strongest opponent we played, but um, but uh, it's still you know you still have to go out there and do it and, and we, we, it was good to play well and play the way we're supposed to play you know in 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 that situation sometimes you can uh, get lax you know against an opponent that you expect to beat and and I thought the guys we brought our own energy into that stadium and we executed and did what we were supposed to do
0: we talked to Kalani on Monday and he mentioned the fact that the reserves that played in the second half got very valuable reps because UMass kept their starters in the game how valuable was that for them it was
1: good for them and some guys played better than others you saw you know in in that second half in that second half we I I wouldn't say we let them back in the game but we didn't play as well as a team in the second half and uh, we had some young guys that played well and we had some other young guys that didn't play great but but regardless of how they played it was valuable for everyone that got in there to have that experience and so um, and we learned a lot about those guys and then kind of learn where their development is and, and what they need to improve upon and so I'm, gl- I'm glad we got to play everyone
0: you've coached in the mountain west what are your memories of facing off against rocky long in san diego state
1: yeah gosh i've been co- playing or coaching against rocky forever new mexico days and mm-hmm. and san diego state days and uh I, the thing that just stands out to me always is the toughness of his teams mm-hmm. um he reminds me of coach whittingham's teams you know he's um I would say it's a different scheme, yeah. but the same toughness, the same mindset of just, you know, they're never going to quit. They're going to play really hard every play. They, they'd never stay blocked. You know, if you, you you have to finish blocks because they just play so hard. Bitch, and, uh, yeah, I would say even though the schemes are different, I – Coach Long and Coach Whittingham are, you know, like the, the, those kind of. You just you got to be ready to play. I mean, you got to be ready. You got to bring some toughness.
0: They run an or- unorthodox defense. That three-three-five. What yeah. do you make of that defense facing off against it as an offensive guy? Yeah, it's unique. Um, it it does present a few
1: issues. Um, I've coached against Coach Long enough times and and co- against Bronco in yeah. his years and then of course Grimey coached with Bronco yeah. so I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of how we want to uh, you know go about uh, attacking them but um, the biggest thing to me though is we just have to run our offense and not get too caught up in what they do we just got to be good at doing what we do well and focus on our core plays and execute those plays to win the game.
0: Last thing I wanted to ask you is with Baylor and Jaron, they've all obviously been nursing injuries along. What is their availability? What do you expect from the rest of the year? So
1: yeah, uh, Jaron, uh, I expect I'm hoping to be cleared. He's he's really close and he did he did practice today and took took quite a few reps and and yesterday as well. Um, he's not officially cleared for the game yet, but uh, it's looking it's looking hopeful that he'll be ready and and Baylor's ready too. He's just you know he's he's uh I wouldn't say quite a hundred percent but who is at this time of year so they're I expect them both to be ready to play and Zach's going to start the game of course and and hopefully we're going to have both of those guys in the backup role ready to go.
0: There you go Aaron Roderick and that's good to hear that Jaron Hall is close to being cleared practice yesterday and Tuesday and I was talking to some, pe- to some people around the program uh, our insiders etc it sounds like Hall was not just running scout team etc he was actually taking first team reps yesterday whether that means he's ultimately cleared like Ro- Coach Roderick said they're not 100% clear on him when he'll be cleared if the- he'll be cleared for this upcoming game against San Diego State it's positive news that Jaron Hall is making progress back from the concussions that he has suffered this season and also sounds like Baylor Romney as we've talked about he's got a, a foot injury and he's not 100% he will not be 100% I can tell you this right now Baylor Romney will not be 100% until the offseason when he undergoes surgery to fix the issue with his foot but he is battling through it we saw him battle through it in the games he has played this year and it sounds like he'll be available this week as well I think it was smart of them to let guys like Baylor Romney have the week off against UMass. Joe Critchlow is more than capable of coming in late in that game against UMass and just showing what he could show. He didn't have a great showing, and you heard Aaron Roderick also talk about that, the fact that some guys showed a lot better, and his reference obviously was Jackson McChesney and his monster 228-yard performance. You'd like to see Joe Critchlow have performed better in that instance when he was going against a first-team defense, but alas, it is what it is, and BYU takes the win. They're getting ready for San Diego State this year, Aaron said that they're a tough-minded team. Speaking of San Diego State, he's coached against Rocky Long for a long time, as you heard him mention. And it's going to be a battle this week, plain and simple. The over/under on this game is still a pick 'em. They're expecting a low-scoring affair. Thirty-nine and a half points was the opening uh, over/under number for this game. That indicates they're expecting like a twenty to nineteen ball game, a low-scoring, grinded-out affair. BYU's offense, in particular, needs to take care of the ball and pounce on scoring opportunities when they get them, because San Diego State's got a top five, top ten defense in the n- nation. Offense not so good, but their defense is absolutely elite, just like you would expect from a Rocky Long-led team. And BYU will have their work cut out for them. But thanks all the same to Aaron Roderick for joining us here on the podcast. Good to hear from him. Always a great conversation. Looking forward to hearing more from him and kind of the lead up to the bowl game, etc. And, of course, we'll have more conversations for you later this week as he we gets you ready for that San Diego State game. going to chat with uh, Preston Hadley on Friday's edition of the podcast podcast. He has a unique connection to the last time BYU played against San Diego State. We'll talk about that. You'll hear that on Friday's edition of the show. So stay tuned for that podcast coming up later this week. All right, we'll catch up with everything else going on in BYU sports here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local company based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. One of my favorite parts about All Guard Pest Control is they will customize their service plans for you, their customer. They offer two unique service programs I want to talk about and highlight here. They offer a quarterly pest control program when they come out once every three months or four times a year, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a creepy, crawly thing in their home, have that peace of mind knowing that they have a barrier around their home. They come out every three months to make sure you're taken care of for that season's pests, whatever the big pests are. This time of year, it's spiders, mice, and the like. They put that barrier up to make sure that nothing's getting inside your home. They also have a one-time service Program. If you have a one time service need, they come out, take care of you, and they don't make you sign a long term contract that requires you to have quote unquote follow up visits. They'll take care of you the one time and then they'll leave you alone. That's what I love about All Guard Pest Control. Seth Baird is the owner. I've met with him multiple times. He's a big time BYU fan and he would be more than happy to service you guys at this time of year. Give them a call 801 851 1812. All Guard Pest Control uses the safest products in the industry. They have incredible online reviews. You can go read about them online. They do a great job making sure their customers are well taken care of. There also are the termite experts in Utah County as well if you need those services. so Once again, give All Guard Pest Control your, your time and your money. Let them know that Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you when you give them that call, and they'll make sure you're taken care of. Give them a call, 801-851-1812, or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. Alright guys, let's catch up on everything else going on on BYU Sports News as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. BYU women's volleyball ranked number 13 in the country took down Pepperdine in five sets last night at the Smith Fieldhouse. 25-15 25-19, 20-25, 20-25 15-3 in their final regular season match of the regular season yesterday at the Smith Fieldhouse. Congratulations to BYU finishing off their season with another win. They will find out where they're seeded, etc. in the NCAA tournament coming up this Sunday in the on the NCAA Tournament Selection Show on ESPNU. Congratulations to the four seniors as well who were honored last night in their final game at the Smithfield House. Mary Lake among them, a national team member. Had some incredible seasons and just careers overall. And congratulations to them on finishing out senior night in the right way with a win over Pepperdine. On to women's basketball. Yesterday, they played a matinee affair in front of thousands of school-aged children. It's an annual event that they they do at the Marriott Center school-aged children from Utah County make the trip to the Marriott Center to watch women's basketball in action. They defeated Utah State 67-50, to so congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team on the win. They have another rivalry game showdown on Friday as they host the University of Utah at 7 o'clock Mountain Time at the Marriott Center. The game will be broadcast live on BYU TV. Uh, BYU women's basketball yesterday had 5,804 fans in attendance. It's the second-highest attended game at Marriott Center and program at the Marriott Center in program history. The highest was a game against Utah on January 19, 2008, where 6,200 and 6,206 fans attended. So, good job to the school-aged children on helping BYU out. Uh, BYU had a very good showing, and congratulations to them on the win, and now they get ready to face off against Utah in their Deseret first dual matchup. Uh, junior Michaela Coulihan and Senior Elise Flake from the women's soccer team have been named semifinalists for the Mac Herman Trophy. They were preseason award watch list nominees on this list. The finalists will be picked later this and uh, actually early next month, December 6th is when the finalists will be announced, but fantastic to see two BYU players on that list, and congratulations to both Michaela Coolahan and Elise Flake on the solid seasons they're having. BYU women's soccer faces off against number one seed Stanford Friday for an opportunity to go to the NCAA Final Four, and it would be awesome to see BYU make that run after making it to the Elite Eight. They are still undefeated, or yeah, unbeaten on the season. And we'll see how they do on Friday. One final note for you is that the USTFCCCA named BYU head coach Ed stone the men's and women's cross country and track coach, the 2019 National Coach of the Year in his cross country national awards announcement yesterday. Coach stones in his 20th year as head coach of the men's cross country program led them to their first national championship in program history last weekend, dethroning Northern Arizona, who had won three straight titles and really just been a massive roadblock for BYU in those three straight years that they won the national title, but congratulations to Ed Eyestone on the well-deserved honor as the 2019 National Coach of the Year. Like we mentioned, he is actually the first coach, the first person to win an individual NCAA cross-country title that he won in 1984, and then coach a team to a national title, which he did this past week, uh, this past weekend, excuse me. He has coached all three All-Americans this season in addition to all five All-Region performers and seven All- WCC first team athletes and one of the one player or one athlete on all WCC second team so congratulations once again to Ed Eyestone on a well-deserved honor after an absolutely phenomenal season and of course that national championship the first in men's cross-country history all right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Enjoy the game tonight. BYU basketball facing off against Virginia Tech. 9.30 p.m. At Mountain Time. If you're looking for something to do as you, get, as you get ready for Turkey Day, you're making those final preparations for your big meal, etc. You can turn on the Cougars. Hoping to have a post-cast uh, edition of the podcast after that game goes final. Recap the Maui Invitational in kind of its entirety and the outcomes of that. We'll have that all covered for you. Tune in on ESPN2. Of course, you can listen to it on BYU the BYU radio Gregor Bell and Mark Durant will be on the call for that game late night affair but should be a lot of fun out there in the islands thanks again for joining us this show is available on all major podcatchers Apple podcast stitcher Spotify Google Play podcast addict overcast wherever you can get a podcast this podcast is available and we are your one stop shop your daily podcast all focused on BYU please subscribe rate and review it really does help get the word out about the podcast and continue to share this with your family and friends. The word of mouth is absolutely awesome for getting the word out. You're gonna be spending time with family, running into BYU fans that you know, let them know that this is a podcast that they can listen to each and every day as we cover the Cougars. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C hatch. And of course if you want to drop the show a note, whether it's regarding wanting to advertise with this, if you have got a question about a player, an athlete, a team, etc, or a comment, email us at locked at gmail.com enjoy your thanksgiving holiday if we don't talk to you before then and hopefully you guys all have great time with the three f's that i like to talk about food family and football enjoy it we'll talk to you soon this has been locked on cougars for november 27th 2019